0: January, we started the month with 18 clients, now going into February, we're at 21 clients. Yeah, I think this was our highest growth month in a long time, or if
1: ever. Good news. I am Johnny Raincloud. I will (laughs) always skip to the current challenge ahead and the worst possible interpretation of the data, but this was pretty cool, right? We went from 18 in January to 21, and that is officially the highest client count. So January recap, 2024, um, let's start with the basics and we, and then we can get into the details.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I want to say the date. So we're recording on January 30th, so almost the end of the month, but we already have signed clients for February. So we know our numbers. Um, so let's just go through them. So at the end of December, I believe we ended with six. 17 clients, which is what we wrote in the blog post, just kind of stating where we were. Uh, And then January, we started the month with 18 clients. And now going into February, we're at 21 clients. Uh, So yeah, I think this was our highest growth month in a long time or if ever. I don't know if we've ever added three accounts in a month before.
1: Yeah. And one thing that we need to immediately get into that you and I were discussing before we hit record is the type of clients. So we're at 21 for February. So yes. So first of all, good news. I am Johnny Raincloud. I will always <laughs> skip to the, wor- <laughs> to the worst, to the current challenge ahead and the worst possible interpretation of the data. <laughs> but like we should say, this was pretty cool, right? We went from 18 in January to 21, um, and that is officially the highest client count. Um, now this is where, so that's me trying to be happy, and then, and then I'm gonna do the Johnny Rain Cloud. and then <laughs> we added up the revenue, um, and we, uh, which we don't talk about on these. You can watch our first episode to to hear our reasoning why. Um, We just don't want to be, we we want to share the growth journey without being those guys that like brag about dollar figures or whatever. So, but anyway, we were like, huh, 21 clients, but in August of 2022, so what is that, a year and a half ago, we had two less clients, 19, but we're making about the same revenue. Almost identical, really. And we're like, wait, what? And the answer is obvious, which is um, we offer paid search now. So, well, there's two layers to the reason why the revenue is not like in lockstep with the client count. We offer paid search, and we charge a lot less. So we can talk about our rates, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So our that's content rate obviously is public. It's on the site for work with us on the work with us page on our site, and that's 10k a month standard. And I think we had. Um, I don't know if by the time when this episode is released, we may release this one before the churn episode. But at some point, you guys will. Here the churn episode the, the churn will not have, come out first yeah so we'll have the 8k um, a month annual so it's some mix of those right first year 8k some people in 10k for paid our standard paid rate paid paid ad management rate is $3,500 a month and then um, for a lot of the clients that don't have enough paid ad spend for that to be worth it we charge only 1500 a month um, for that I'm sure we're going to get comments like I'm just like as I'm saying this I'm like we're going to get YouTube comments about people saying like that's too little whatever
0: yeah (laughs) well fair but that's that's something we should discuss because that came up yesterday and that we might have to change that rate because there's so much work that goes into the beginning of a paid engagement that it's almost just not even worth it to charge the 1500
1: we have some paid ad clients that Benji's referring to that are a lot of work at the back beginning. and forth yeah <laughs> but anyway um so there's a big gap 3500 to 1500 versus 8 to 10000 so a single content client's worth a lot more the reason august 2022 a year and a half ago had the same actually slightly higher but almost identical revenue to now with two less clients is because those were all content clients it was a much greater mix of 8k i don't think we had raised our rate or we just had more 8k legacy clients we used to charge 8k a month um back then than we do now um so that's why specifically in that client count so our public challenge was like we're at 17 clients which was you know January when we released this or something and now um or December I think when we when we decided to do this and we want to get to 40 that's like our public challenge that's all fine and good but what we didn't really think about until today frankly (laughs) is how that is the mix that that's not the same, Like it's like some of them are paid and some of them are content and the content ones are like three times more valuable from a straight revenue perspective. Um, so anyway, w- we're still gonna just use 40 because it's a round number, right? Like roughly 20 to 40 is just like easy for all of us to remember. It doesn't really matter. The point is we're sharing the growth journey. But just to be clear, let's see. One, I'm gonna count our paid clients. One, two, three, four, five five, six in February, lined up for February. So 21, so what is that? Uh, minus six, so 15 content clients and six paid clients. So if we can get to 40, you know, it's probably gonna still be a mix of It's those. still gonna
0: be a majority, I would say, content clients. And I would say that's the main focus of our growth anyways. And typically the paid clients sign on with content. We, we have a few standalone paid ads clients, but
1: yeah, I, I would say it's still- You mean the, the opposite. Content. It's typically our content clients that, that add on paid.
0: No, that's, yeah, that's that's exactly what I mean. And I'm saying then we have a couple that are standalone paid clients.
1: Yeah. Our goal, of course, we want to get a bunch more paid search clients as well. Um, Amethyst on our team who does the paid search definitely wants. Yeah, she do definitely does. But And so that's our goal as well. So it'll be some mix, but we'll just keep reporting on what that mix is. Um, And uh, no churn. So is that right? So January, we started off with um, 18. And then we added four more, which is three brand new content clients. And oh, it's actually we added three, I think. What is the four? Why is it 18 to 21? What am I missing? No, 18 to 21 would be three more. It's three. What I'm missing is that I literally can't do math. <laughs> 18 to 21 is not four, it's three. Oh my God. The best part is like, oh, everyone makes stupid math mistakes, but now I'm doing it on the podcast <laughs> slash YouTube, so everyone can just see the level of idiocy that I have. Um, that's what I'm missing, is that 21 minus 18 is three. So three new clients, so. Do we, do we want to
0: talk about closing any of them?
1: So just details about them? Like, um, Where they have sure. fit? But what I wanted to mention immediately, um, wait, you said this is going to come out after the churn episode? Yeah. So, they are all, dun-dun-dun, 10K month-to-month clients. (laughs) And although that's, so we got a a YouTube comment saying like, we should probably shout out to whoever it is, but I can't remember his YouTube handle right now. It was like, guys, like 20% discount, 10K to 8K. Like, are you sure that's worth it? But he mentioned that on the first episode. The churn episode hadn't come out yet, so the churn episode should make that clear. And he was like, "Where did you come up with the number?" Here is the honest truth: <laughs> we Mark did not Small do some writer. right. We didn't math do a mathematical model that determined that eight K would be like the exact right discount percentage to make up for the increase, you know, like retention rate or something. Something eight K was just historically what we charged for like years. So we've just known that 8K, like 8K is just like a number that's like you and I are very comfortable with because we charged it for years. We know we got a bunch of growth when we were charging 8K. It was like, we really had a bunch of growth. We know people will will pay that and stick with it for a long time. So it was just like this kind of like emotional default. And and that's something that I'm like happy to say on here because this is the kind, by the way, are we allowed to swear on this or is this a family show? Yeah, go ahead. I I, I check on
0: YouTube. Not for kids. So go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Davish is just on the show, so it's very much not for kids. <laughs> um, because this is the kind of bullshit that people like talk about on these podcasts and on Twitter and in their blog is they try to like make it seem that they're so carefully architecting all aspects of their business. Bullshit. Agencies and everyone prices based on just, like, coming up with a price. Unless you are Amazon.com, I bet you a huge portion of your pricing is just made up. It's trial and error. Right. If people would pay us $400,000 a month to do our thing, we would charge it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that's, like, what people will accept. Um, and so we're, we're, like, we're, like, we're, like, no, never mind. I'm, I'm going to stop with the jokes. Anyway, but... The churn episode argues that we think it's going to be worth it because a huge issue is um, that churn rate. So so with that said, we can talk about these clients. We're not going to name names. We don't like the amount of headache it would be to get permission from every single client to talk about them on our YouTube channel. No way. So we're just going to talk to them in a general sense.
0: Yeah, because some of the comments that we got in the last couple episodes were just about how we qualified them. And, and I think... Like, especially the client issue, some are like arguing, well, wasn't this client not a good fit or shouldn't you have qualified them better?
1: Yeah, that was like episode two, where I said we, the first client, um, we had a new client started January. So this last month and was unhappy with the first episode. Yeah. Right. There was a comment being like, isn't that, oh and it was around like they, me being frustrated that they want basically Davish Consulting Services to help me like position their business and write it in the way that we write, grow, and convert articles. And I was like, ugh. And he was like, this sounds like an issue. Very, very fair comment. Sounds like an issue um, with you guys not qualifying and setting expectations right. Anyway, um, that is quite the conversation to have this month with these three clients because, man, <laughs> are we – taking a bit of a gamble, at least on one of them, and taking some bets and violating our own criteria. So I will start with the criteria, and then you can go and, and, and you know sort of talk without okay. naming them, talk through these clients or whichever ones you want to start with. Um, our general client qualification criteria are, um, number one, they have product market fit. We The evidence we see, that is obviously a very ill-defined thing. What does it mean to have product market fit? People would define it in different ways. What we look for as evidence of that, the first thing is, do they have some kind of channel, inbound channel, it could be outbound too, any channel where they are consistently closing cold business. In other words, it's best defined by the inverse. What do we not want? We don't want the company where basically all of their paying customers are like, you know, warm CEO referral, referrals, yeah. CEO's friends, the board member introduced me to blah blah blah. Um, and so that's too early. So we also used to have this criteria where we were like, you know, have like a hundred ish customers. I don't know. That that's kind of arbitrary. Different business types have different customer counts. That's sure. number one.
0: But but a, a good client count is indicative of product yeah. market fit as well. From especially from. Cold channels, not from.
1: So cold channels. So that can be people being like, we've done a bunch of paid search. Our content hasn't worked. A lot of the clients, including one of them that we'll talk through, they've done a bunch of SEO. SEOs are like one primary channel, but like for whatever reason it fell off and like this and that happened and they want to do it. They saw one of our articles. They want to do it in like a really kind of strategic and responsible way. And then, yeah. So like we just basically want to avoid like not too early established business ideally profitable, but we do take VC-backed businesses as well, with an existing like proof that their business has a certain positioning and messaging that they are set on and that works. In other words, it could be outbound salespeople that are delivering that message and closing cold business, or it could be inbound to paid search, social, existing SEO, whatever. That's like when people come in cold, see the messaging, see that product space, they buy that that ensures that if we do our jobs and we identify bottom of the funnel keywords and rank for them, that the positioning that they will relay to us that we'll put into the article and when the traffic we come in then browses around their site, they can actually they'll actually have a chance of converting. If that's not true, what we found with these early stage startups is then you, you just have no guarantee that we if we even if we rank that any of that traffic will convert. Plus the early stage companies, they're too shifty shifty. Uh we decided to change this thing and then the other one and then we had this hypothesis and the board member said we're like, we don't have time for that. So okay, so that's our criteria. Go ahead. You can talk through whichever ones you want to start with.
0: Yeah, I mean so the the first one immediately violates our rule of not too early stage. They they literally just launched a product two months ago. But there are times that we've broken our own rules and I would say mainly it's either because we believe in the product or we believe in, in the people that we're working with. And in this case, I would say we probably believe more in the people that we're working with than the product because the product is really complex and we don't even fully understand it because
1: it's, it's <laughs> a lot more but, technical. But how they relate it to me, like how they relate it, it, it sounds compelling it's not yeah. some me too product. If it was an early stage thing, not me too, but you know, sometimes like, like there's like these VC products where you just, they explain it and you're like, sorry, what the hell does that do? Like yeah. you just like don't understand. You're yeah, like, what? this had very clear positioning
0: differences. So there's existing players on the market. They do something very specific that adds a lot to the existing options and it's a better way to do things. And so it becomes very clear how to articulate it. And I think that's always something that we look for in any company that we work with, I mean, a company could be really established, be it like five or $10 million in revenue and have undifferentiated positioning. And I would almost say that that's harder to work with than a company like this that has
1: very clear differentiation. Yeah. And then the other big thing about this is this is a coding product for development teams. So not, so not only is it brand new and here's a good anecdote of brand new. We were like. But something came up about like doing demos or something on our sales conversation yeah. with him. And we were like, sorry, how many demos did you do? Because he was like, oh, I had a demo last week or whatever. We're like, how many demos have you done? And he was like, that was my first demo. We were like, yeah. what? And he's like, we literally <laughs> launched the product like last month. Like, What's going on? And, we, and then I realized <laughs> that when he said demo, he doesn't mean what we think of, which is like someone requested a demo and he did like a zoom call with one-on-one demo. No, he was at like a conference for this field and just did a demo like on stage or something. That's like kind of what I interpreted. Yeah. Um, But the people are also cool. Like he's passionate, uh, the founder, and then also the head of marketing is the one that reached out and he has been kind of following grow and convert for a long time and is totally bought in. So in our conversations with them, we felt like from a people standpoint, I think they checked both of those boxes from a people standpoint, they are bought into the grow and convert process, really want this to work, and are thinking long term. The big thing with these early stage companies is they get a bunch of board pressure, and they're just like, I need results in X months. And you're just like, this is not how content works, like, whatever. Um, but they they were like, you know, in a year, if we start to see some traction, like, that would be good. So all of that checks out. We, we just...
0: Yeah, and, and we have someone on our team who's a little bit more technical who can do the writing for this which was a big thing in in terms of deciding to take on this account and we we discussed this at length like whether it was worth it for not for us or not and we've historically taken a couple bets on these earlier earlier stage companies who have kind of the same criteria in terms of people They're thinking long-term they're bought into the process and those have been some of our best performing accounts and longest standing accounts. And so I think in this situation, we decided to
1: take a bet on the company. Yeah. So we'll see. But yes, if you watch the churn episode, you're probably like, oof, three new clients for them. None of them took the eight K one year commitment. (laughs) So they're, they're month to month and one of them violates the criteria. Yes, we know we are reckless. And irresponsible <laughs> client number two um i am really excited for this one Me we too. A, a huge chunk of our client base as is the case with most marketing digital marketing agencies these days is SaaS because just like a huge chunk of companies that spend money on marketing is SaaS. um but this uh isn't it is a like in the shipping and logistics space um so what is it more like a service, I guess, but they're coming out with a product.
0: It is a service and they're coming out with a, a SaaS product to help, I guess, with the operations of the service.
1: But similarly, I think the head of marketing has been following us for some time. So Five totally years. knows and buys into the process. I have, a and, lot. and they
0: said something in the, in the early conversation that said, we've been following you forever and we've been waiting. To this point in our business, to reach out, so they, they kind of thought through when content made sense for their business, and now is when they're looking to invest. And so, just from that standpoint, I think it shows that they've been thinking about this uh, in the right way. And that can I, can I long just term. do an
1: aside? Sure. That's really, I think, important here. Those two, like we're talking about, two new clients that have said, "I followed you guys for a long time. I'm bought in." Aside on marketing channels, and especially for service businesses. The only way to get clients like that is through the content brand framework, which we should link to in the notes of this. And like you can just Google content brand, grow and convert. Like, the you're not getting that from the dude you're, who emails you saying, I guarantee 25. If, Benji, if I could guarantee you 25 leads in the next 3 months, would you reply to my email? You're not getting that honestly through Google Ads. And to be perfectly honest, if you are a service business and agency, you're probably not getting that from ranking for bottom of the funnel keywords, which is the process we do, right? Like we're mm, I would debate that. I would
0: I would say if the narrative is right in the article, you can you can get those kind of results.
1: You can I get think some about of it, the like right somebody just googled like content agencies and you're on there. Great. That's great. You will close and sure, good. But it's about that way. but it's about your pitch. It's about what
0: differentiates you from the other agencies. Yeah. And but, and making sure that's in your content or on your website.
1: The, but anyways, message, like clients like true. that, like people who say, like, I've been following you for a while. I know the grow and convert process. I've been wanting to work with you guys. Like that that is awesome and is rare. So anyway, that that's an aside of like you can't ha here's what I was trying to get at, I guess. You can't hack this. Like there's no way around being around for years and writing content and having a process and a strategy and an approach that is truly differentiated, that is good to get like people are not going to just say that willy-nilly, anyway, that's my soapbox. Um, so that's really exciting. Founders super passionate about what they're doing. Um, you know, l- large uh, account value for them. ROI should be really good. Uh, and the third one, company that's been around for what, like twenty years or something a like that, time. so a re- yeah. really
0: established business. I actually Fast. don't remember what they were doing before on the content side. It looked like they had done some digital PR before, and there's a lot of opportunity to rank for bottom of the funnel keywords. So yeah. I feel like this
1: this last one is maybe like bread and butter, growing, converty type client, like SaaS, established field. Like in other words, it's like it's in a category. I think that's equivalent to like accounting software. It's it's not that. I'm just using that as an example where there should be just a ton of keywords, um, really established product in that space. Let, let let's see. That also
0: also of, decently differentiated in terms of being able to really sell why this is a better solution than what the yeah, client is. And it's niche
1: down to a very specific target audience. So it checks a lot of that that is like prototypical growing convert clients. So that should hopefully um, work out well. Did we start talking to them so early that we didn't even pitch the 8K annual or did they not want it? That seems like Yeah, I think plan. I think that conversation
0: started either in October or November and it just took a few months to close.
1: Aye. That would have been perfect for 8K. I mean, it might be if if they start being happy at the beginning it might be something to mention. Yeah. And no churn, we're excited about those. And then the the challenge now going forward, well <clears throat> we don't have do we, we don't have a ton Our lead situation, you might disagree with this. My memory is horrible. I don't think we have a ton lined up right now that would be like almost closing for March. Yeah, I wish we had our lead spreadsheet. I think we had maybe like
0: three or five conversations in January of which I know one already responded and said it wasn't a good fit because of U.S. to CAD conversion rate just the the Canadian dollars week compared to the U S dollars. So they're going to look for agencies in Canada. A couple of the other leads that we spoke to could be a good fit and potentially close in February. So we'll have to see, I know a couple said they'll get back to us in a few weeks.
1: Yeah. The one last week was good. Yeah. We have an issue with our lead spreadsheet. We, <laughs> we use a spreadsheet. Um, which I'm kind of proud of, but I tend to like to use the sort of the ghetto method for as long as possible until the wheels come off before like buying something. Um, I just like spreadsheets because you can see a bunch of things in one shot, whereas CRMs, you're like, I feel like I'm always like clicking in and out of things anyway. And then the spreadsheet lets me, I I also know spreadsheet formulas a little bit, so you can quickly add stuff up or whatever, at least for me. Um, But the downside is that this is so embarrassing to admit publicly, but like some Zapier connection that we were using to whenever someone fills out the form, like push it to the spreadsheet broke. And I've just been too... Well,
0: it's not even only that. It's because we updated our site and we put a new form on our homepage and then we got a ton of form spam. And so just sifting through the spreadsheet wasn't possible when you're getting like five entries a day from sites in Russia. But I'm sure some shout out to our dev team finally
1: got that fixed last week. Right. I'm sure some bigger people with bigger businesses are going to hear this and be like, God, what are these guys doing? (laughs) Um, There was one comment on one of the the first episodes that was like, guys, I'm excited for this series. Thanks for your strategies. They've helped grow our business from X to Y. And it was like hundreds of that. It was like four hundreds of four hundred thousand a month or something. And I was like. Excuse me, what? Could could you tell us how you're doing that with our strategy? Because that would be amazing. <laughs> anyway, and so I anecdotally feel like our lead count, there was like kind of a spike December, January. Do you feel like that? And it's kind of died down.
0: Yeah, I mean, I still think there's open conversations and we'll see how things shake out in the, in the next few months. But it kind of just brings us to the next point of conversation is, I don't even know how many we could take from this point on if we were to close them. If we were to close two more are probably at capacity
1: yeah we're back to square one of growing convert issues from years ago which is that we i mean how do you want to describe what the source of that issue is my opinion is we are anal retentive about the quality of our writers and so we just don't have a huge bench of staff and know like yes that is a humble brag a little bit like you saying on youtube like we're just like, really careful about quality it's like when you have those interview questions job interviews like what's your biggest weakness and you're like i just work too hard yeah. i care too much like you know like that's not a weakness tell me a real weakness um <clears throat> anyway but it's true we reject a ton of applicants um even ones that get through david and i's david is the employee that it does the recruiting and filtering. And then I help manage them, get through our filters. We sometimes get strategists being like, I can't work with this writer because their pieces weren't perfect. <laughs> and you're like, come on, man. And then we, yeah, so we're just at that situation that we've been in, I feel like, a ton. Now, opposite of Johnny Raincloud, Johnny yeah, Sunshine.
0: I was going to say, it's improved a lot from where we were a year ago. Even six months ago, I would say it's improved a lot.
1: Our process used to be no process.
0: It was, I... It was we'd get in this situation where we'd be like, oh, so if we close one more account, who do we have? And we're like, <laughs> oh, we don't really have anyone. So maybe we should think about hiring writers again.
1: <laughs> and then Davish, go. The process is so we we reveal this. Davish has to go hunt through the spreadsheet and be like, ooh, this portfolio piece is great. Try to test them, get frustrated that they're not good, and do this a bunch, and get really stressed out about it, and then finally find someone you're like, oh my god, they're amazing, and then um, and then we and then we sort of cycle that through, um, but since then David on our team has taken over for the past year plus, and he goes through every single applicant in order. I mean, this is like, I think in our we have a single spreadsheets, hashtag spreadsheets, again, we have a single spreadsheet, it's a Google web form, that's our job application, our writer application, it gets pushed to a spreadsheet, I swear we have two to 3,000 total, That's this is over many years at this point, um, people applying, and I think David has literally caught up, I think he has at least looked at the form fields of every single applicant, it's amazing, and the last few months, uh, I hope I'm not lying when I say this, but as far as I remember him relaying to me, he replies to everyone including the rejections which is pretty cool like most companies don't do that um and so he has this whole system where he like checks it and then you know their application i don't know if we're going to have a separate video on this or i could go into the details but like um he he we have this we have a couple key parts of the application but there's obviously asking for portfolio pieces that's a big one and we put in like here's the name of one of our clients. Can you just like check their website out and write like a couple sentences or like two paragraphs or something like that? And and people, you know, some people write a lot, some people write less. That immediately shows you um, what they can do on the fly because the portfolio pieces we found, the reason we added that is we found people with amazing portfolio pieces. We would have them do our test project, which is a paid project. We don't use it for any client work, but we pay them, I don't know, 150 200 i think it's like 200 now it's 200 we pay them to do this project that we just don't we don't use it's just like the thing but we were like huh some of these test projects are let me just be honest horrendous and we look at the portfolio because like when, when you go through the trouble of doing that you're like why this is so bad like who wrote this and then you're like why did i pick this person and then you go back and second guess yourself and check the portfolio pieces, and you're like, "This portfolio piece is amazing." And David and I were like, mm, "I think people are submitting portfolio pieces that are like heavily edited by the client, so you just can't tell like who did what, right?" They were just in the in the group at school with a really smart person in it, so you don't have to do a lot of work. And then <laughs> they and then so we that were was, like, "Let's just me. have them like write something real quick, like give me like three sentences and see if you can write properly." And so it's more than three sentences, but nonetheless, they do that in the application. Uh, And that has helped a lot. So those people are filtered to the test project group. It's a paid project where they basically go through half of the actual literal process of a past client piece. It's something we've published years ago. (laughs) Another funny side note. It was then a piece that our piece that we actually published had already moved up the rankings. and And part of our process that we asked them to do is to check what's already ranking on page one. And so we would be like... I was like, David, like they're going to see the piece we wrote, and that's what we're asking them to do. And he's like, well, you'd be surprised. A lot of them don't see that. And I'm like, well, then we can't accept those people, because then they're just not doing the job. Like The whole job is to like check what's already ranking. So if you don't... You aren't smart enough to even notice that our growing of our piece is ranking for that, then like, th- there's just a lot of problems. Anyway, I think we switched it to a different test piece, but that was kind of funny. Um, and we pay them for it, and then even that there's like a bunch that are filtered out we say thank you but it's not going to be a fit and the ones that pass end up on the writer's bench and which is again managed in where hashtag the spreadsheet. um and so that is usually the bench is like five to ten people long then he puts it in order of who he thinks is the strongest and then when we need a new writer we move them you know, we, we sort of give them to um, a content strategist. But even that process, at some point, David raised a, his, his hand and said, it's broken. Specifically, content strategist is then now trying to do a job. Like they need to get their pieces out on time, blah, 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 blah. And they needed to match certain, you know, grow and convert level of quality. So, and this is a brand new writer. So then the rewriter writer would, just because they passed the test project doesn't mean they're perfect. They have all these bumps and warts and whatever. So then the person would be like, "Well, I gotta like rewrite all this." And David's like, "No, no, no, they're good." And David was having trouble as a peer, like doing that interaction. So he was like, "David, you gotta step in." So I've a huge part is I'm now this kind of second coaching step. So after they go through the test project, which involves a ton of feedback from David, I then work with them as like this intermediary editor between them and the strategist so that their level of writing is improved and I can spend a lot more time coaching them than the strategist. Um, And that's another thing that like, I'd be curious what people's comments are when they listen to this is like, I feel like this is a good use of my time because I'm investing that time into a single person who, if they work out, can you know, be really valuable. Um, And that kind of recruiting, I think is a good use of time, but man, it can be laborious it takes a lot of time reading writing and editing just takes a lot of time
0: and i think there's maybe what three people two to three people that you've coached in the last few months that have now been used on other accounts who maybe we didn't even think would work out previously before you stepped into this role and so yeah if they can move from writer to then strategist and we train them first on the writing side then to strategist typically that strategist role can then open up three new accounts that we can service.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to be clear for everyone, so our main kind of the people who do the work for the clients, then there's like two, it's, it's a content strategist and writer. Writer is obvious. Content strategist basically runs our process. So picking keywords, like interviews with the clients, and then they all, 100% of the strategists are writers or were writers and, and still are. And they typically write, you know, a couple pieces themselves and then they edit the writers, like some writer that's paired with them on a particular account. And usually it's a pairing of just these two people on each given account. Maybe, so like one strategist, one writer. And a strategist is like the ultimate be-all, end-all, like quality control, whatever. Um, and so, what the you know, we the writers that are really strong, that are on the team really strong and want to be strategists um, is who we like then train to be strategists. So that's where we have, you know, we, we have some newish strategists coming or like we have some names in mind of people we'd want to train, but basically I think after the next, what did you say? Two accounts? I think
0: one or two accounts, then you and I are probably going to step in and, and kind of run the accounts and train someone into the role. And so have someone shadow us, which is, which has worked well in the past. It just, yeah, it's, it's a lot more work intensive on our side, just really stepping in and acting as the strategist. Uh, so typically the split is I'm doing a lot of the client calls and running the reporting on the calls, doing the keyword research, and then you're working with the person on the writing side, making sure the pieces are good. And It's the combination of both of us just training
1: that person into the role. Yeah I mean, that's another on the business in the business thing, right? Like I don't know like should should we be doing that at this stage? It feels like we should but are we being stupid by doing it? I don't know We have asked so historically we had one of our best strategists like ever and she was just awesome she left to just pursue a totally different career in like seminary, but um, after many many years Uh, she was a strategist coach and we've talked to some other strategists that are experienced that have interest in doing that. So we have what the seedlings of possibly having other people take this off of our plate, right? Having this be like a process that's not dependent completely on us. So it's a little bit more scalable. Um, I don't know, like, it's tough. I think, like, when you can c- consider us as an analogy to maybe some other agencies, like, I think of, like, paid media agency, like, folks that have, like, paid ad agencies or whatever, like, maybe you could be like, guys, what are you doing? Like, you're spending all this time, like, giving line edits and talking through it on Zoom calls to coach these people, like, you know, it should be a business. That's true. But also, then I think complex service businesses, like, strategy consultants, McKinsey and all, like... Isn't the way they train junior people is having them just be on accounts with really, really, really senior people?
0: That and I would say the the time that we invest in our team is worth it because the people typically stay with us for a period of years, which which I think is also different from a lot of agencies. There's a lot of age, yeah. There's a lot of agencies that go through people very quickly, like they churn employees very very fast, like six months a year. And six months. Yeah, there's a lot they'll they'll hire in batches just based on needs and then just go through like the people aren't a good fit. Just just how we had a an issue on the churn for for clients with not good fit clients. Jeez. Same thing on the on the people. But again, I also think that our operations are a little bit different in that we all the people are writing and doing the strategy work and doing the work on the account as opposed to just having account managers and then having to find kind of the, those operational people behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I heard something else like saying, uh, someone said this, like, if you're a CEO founder type um, at some point when you're scaling, your a whole job is recruiting. Job, yeah. Right? 50% of your job or something is supposed to be recruiting. Yeah, so,
0: and I would say that's pretty true. Our, our yeah. jobs are now marketing, sales and recruiting. That's it. Pretty
1: yes. True. I mean, I think what we're re- bundling into recruiting is the time we're spending Training. coaching. Yes, but I think
0: that's part of it. Well, maybe other people disagree, but I think CEOs at like venture back startups and stuff who are doing that are typically recruiting senior people. So it's a little bit different. We're recruiting people that have the raw skills and then training them into the
1: role that we need them to play. Yeah. The other thing, I think we touched on this in some previous episode, I don't remember is like, we've tried documenting these processes too. And we have like some documents that's somewhat useful of like how to be strategist, but we're finding that like the majority of the good training is from just doing it. So having someone that's promising and seems really smart, start being strategists with us right next to them in the background, but like not even in the background, just like kind of working side by side with them and being like, okay, this is how we would do this differently. Okay. Those are your keywords. That make sense. This is, you know, we would change this. This doesn't make sense. Oh, the way you message this to the client, I would actually word it this way. We just continue to do that. Again, like I guess if it was a really big company, you'd just have like employees kind of all like senior employees trained to junior ones and I'm I'm okay with that at some point. But right now, like we don't have that luxury, we're doing it. I don't know. I'm okay with this.
0: Yeah, so to recap, I think positives, eighteen to twenty one clients or seventeen to twenty one, because I think the the four was that when we wrote the article and counted, we were at seventeen in December. And we closed one more in January. Now Going into February, we're at 21 second highest revenue month ever. And just under the all-time high from a year and a half ago, which is another positive challenge then going into the next few months is then really training our team and finding the right people to be
1: able to, to keep growing from here. And yeah, so I would say that my goal for this month is two new clients. Like, this problem, you know, the nice problem to have, like, do we have enough people? Let's have that be a problem. I think if we can close two, that would be good. And I feel a little nervous that we don't quite have. We have maybe, like, like hot or very active leads as, like, three-ish right now. And it would be good to get that up. But, you know, let's see. All right. Good month. Yep. If you like this video, don't forget to subscribe. You can also get the audio-only versions of these shows wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us at growandconvert.com newsletter for any articles and updates for when these videos come out.